Harness Racing, Victoria Wide. RSN 927 is Talking Trots. We are Talking Trots on this Saturday morning and it's, uh, it's a little bit of an unusual Saturday morning. We've had a wet week, a cold week and this week... Our good colleague, our good friend Jason Bonington is off. I'm not rolling solo though. Cody Winnell, welcome to Talking Trots. Morning, Blake. Great to be here. How's Bonus going over there in the snow? Is it snowing? Well, I'm sure it's very the cold. Jewels? It's the South Island, so he's uh, he's probably getting he's probably in the shower right now, getting ready for uh, for the Jules program. Of course, we'll see him on Sky Racing a little bit later today, but he had some troubles getting over there. I think uh, I think most of the world knows by now, but. Um, he, he did manage to catch a, a flight out yesterday morning, so well done to him and uh, looking forward to that Jules coverage later this morning. All right, well, we might as well get cracking on uh, on what has been a, a pretty big week in the trots, as per usual, but we've got some things to cover off. Then we'll talk uh, runs of the week, driver of the week, and also some form for Melton and the Harness Jules a little bit later in the program. But first off, we'll kick off with Miragon uh, last Saturday night. He was picture perfect on a wet track code. I, I had a look at the... Of what Miragon meant, and the best I can come up with is a camera lens, so that might explain the headline there. But um, I thought it was a Game of Thrones character. Is it? Well, I've only I'm only up to episode six on season one, so I've made that up. It just sounds <laughs> it thrown- does sound very Game of Thrones. That's a word. Um, How good was it though? Look, this good horse. This two year old is uh, is a little bit special. Um, we've seen it a couple of times now. I think the map. Or the way it worked out at about the eight or from the eight hundred in the final was pretty similar, wasn't it, to the start previously at Ballarat? Yeah. Well. I, the thing I thought, I didn't actually think he was uber impressive in the heat. I thought, you've done a nice job, you've got past pandering, but he he really put pandering to the sword in the final. I thought it was very, very impressive. Absolutely. And there was a moment at about the, uh, I think it was about the 150 metre mark, where Greg just gives Miragon a little flick. And the way, after sitting in the chair, Miragon was able to say, OK, let's roll, and bang, there was about a 30, 40 metre stretch where Miragon just put him to the sword. From that moment on, nothing else mattered without the, Two or ta was running on well, um, but nothing was going to beat Miragon. And, and it was that moment, plus combined with the work that he'd done, which makes me think this is a really exciting two-year-old, which we say every season about one from the Emma Stewart camp. Indeed, indeed. And also wet track, obviously, being off the pegs is is usually not the place to be, particularly when you're doing work. It can be if you're getting out wide on the track and, and they're swooping, but that wasn't the case. So good win from him. Now, the next point, I know people will say, well, what are you doing talking about something that happened eight days ago? But it's probably unfair to, to sort of look upon this six hours later, given we're so early on a Saturday morning and talk about a beaten performance like Chicago, but we've given it some time to fester, some time to think about it. And I think it's probably now time to postulate a little bit about what it means. Chicago Bull, of course, on the comeback trail, he uh, he won very impressively. Oh, well, maybe just solidly, uh, I guess, first up and then second up, beaten by the stablemate. Whose idea was this? Uh, personally, I... I'm not sure it's great signs for him, but I know Gary Hall Sr. was very um, upbeat after the race. He wasn't particularly worried about it. What did you make of the performance of Chicago Bull? They they were moving through that third quarter, and they got home sharp at the end, and, and it was a good job by the horse behind him to overrun him. There's no doubt about that. But it's early in the horse's prep. We've heard the horse's ownership come out and say... He just needs racing. He just needs to build his race fitness. They did admit that they were surprised he got rolled. Um, but we've seen this horse, uh, uh, whose idea was this, we've seen him knock off a couple of short price favourites in his career. He's that kind of horse when he's got that sweet run. And the bull was second up from a spell. Uh, I'd be interested to see uh, how, how he went last night, of course, Blake, uh, because 
he he might bounce straight back, or he might have already bounced straight back without giving the secrets of radio away. Yeah, that's that's very true, Coach. So um, we'll, we'll pending uh, see how he went last night, but um, but oh, look, Chicago I, Bull question marks. I think no I panic think question button. marks are fair. Yeah, no panic button though. No. I know you've got an issue with the WA horses most of the time. <laughs> All right, let's move on before we get into more trouble. Centenario cruises home in the Holloway Classic again. We didn't talk about this last week on the program, but uh, I think it's time to talk about Centenario because um, he's come back in terrific form as a three-year-old, and I think he's really franking the opinion that the stables had of, has had of him. I know they rated him as highly, uh, if not higher, than ha- Hurricane Harley last preparation, but in the end, last Friday night, we didn't really get a race because Hurricane Harley galloped early and was a pair or two further back, never got into it, but um, Centenario did as he does and was too good. He was a half-length ahead of them as soon as that green light was on. He was already a half-length ahead of them, and he, no one else got near him for the rest of the race. Interesting, though, that um, it actually was the quickest believe it or not, Colin and Heather Holloway classic ever, eclipsing the previous mark set by my Kiwi mate, which was over the shorter trip back in 2015. So, um, look, he was good, got him in 26.4. He's run pretty good time. Uh, but as you say, I don't think we learnt anything. I think everyone was in formation. And, of course, the... Always fast was really good, I guess. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No yeah. doubt, no doubt. But in terms of centenario yeah. or, or centenario, depending on which way you want to call it, uh, I don't think we learnt anything except... We know he's a serious racehorse, and, yep. and and we've known that for a while. And I'm excited by this horse going forward. I think it, um, I hope it's the Emma Stewart runner that really goes on, yeah, down the track as well in open class. Well, it'll be amazing if Hurricane Harley can ever uh, pull himself together and and show his best form and go on with it. But um, not to be so far uh, this campaign. Dijon proved spicy in Elite Lopet. Uh, the mustard, I guess they'd be calling him one of, uh, I think, your old favourites from oh, the Gallops I world. Mustard Johnny McNair, was yeah, it? Yeah, the yeah. late John McNair. <laughs> um, one the, of 14 years old, mustard. It did, it did it Sydney, in Sydney, but uh, we better talk about the elite lot because this was a night full of drama. I know um, Jason Bonington was across this probably more than either of us, but being on air on Sky Channel, but uh, there was plenty going on with Redley Express and um, and a couple of the big guns, uh, O'Bron... Uh, Aubryon Daguerre was a bit unlucky in the final, but Dijon, the 40-to-1 pop, got out to the front and just kept running and uh, and was too good for them. Yeah, good win. Uh, I prefer hot English myself, but no, it was a, <laughs> it was a good win. I, I was watched the replay uh, last night, Blake, and make the mark around third. I would have loved to have seen what happened if this horse gets out of the t- gets out at the top of the straight. And the funny thing is he, he seemed to have been able to get out. I'm not sure why he was still hard up on the other horse's helmet most of the way up the straight and then about 50 out he comes to the outside I would have loved to have seen yeah. what this horse could have done it was it's some maybe maybe it was going flat out but to me it just I would have liked to have seen it come to the just outside angle, yeah. and just see what happened uh, but maybe he just wasn't going well enough uh, but yeah look it was a good win by the by the uh, by the leader and it's just a magnificent event over there gee it was wet it was really wet wasn't it oh. I thought it might dull the crowd but they were still pretty much there in force from what I could see so when you've got security was that the security video holding them back and then unleashing yes. them was that all just for oh, show, or is that feels a bit feels yeah. a bit like that, doesn't it? But uh, we might cert- have to do that one night for social media. <laughs> C- certainly, when they opened uh, opened the floodgates, people were trying to find their spot. So yeah. maybe it was a little bit real. <laughs> Time for runs well, of the I guess week. When it's raining, you've got to get a spot with that's a bit of true. Cover. That's true, and the grandstand didn't seem to be ticketed, from what I could tell. So yeah. it was. Generally, uh, you should get over there one time, Blake. You yeah. should head over there. Why not? Let's uh, let's book it in for next year. Maybe um, mm. we've missed the Ashes this year, so maybe next year for the Elite Lop. All right, t- time for runs of the week on Talking Trots this week, and I'll go through the the one, two, three, and see what we can come up with. See if we can find some consensus. For for first, I'm going to kick off with a horse called 
Quarencia, which was on debut for Anne-Marie Conroy. Glenn Conroy drove. Still very green, this trotter. And I might be a bit biased because I tipped it and I thought I'd, I'd found it from the trials and it has gone under, but uh, went really rough, roughly at the 400, made still good ground to the line and was really hard up on their backs late. So one vote for Quarencia, two votes for Belittled. Um, really good story, this, for Marie and Paul Campbell. It's obviously uh, a pretty emotional win for them and, and the way Belittled did win, coming from off speed and just reeling them all in, uh, no excuses for the others. That was uh, That was the win of a nice horse and... Finally, uh, the run of the week. I'm not sure whether we'll uh, we'll fight over this one, Codes. Good time, heaven. What a win this was. Uh, nothing really worked out to favour, but uh, I think it was first up from a pretty long spell, good time, heaven, and, and was still too strong for them during the week at uh, Terrain. Uh, Bendigo, Bendigo, I think. Had Bendigo. to work for it against Manganello and, and, and Smart Little Shard. They're nice horses. Yeah. Uh, and, and good time, heaven. First up from about a year off, was able to sit mm. in the breeze and just be too good, too tough, too fast at the finish. So congratulations to Courtney Slater and the whole team. They'd be thrilled. Uh, 10 out of 13, Blake, now for this horse. Yeah. Terrific record. She she showed a lot of ability. I think she's won a Breeders' Challenge. I know one of our old colleagues, Troy Anderson, backed early doors for a Breeders' Crown. But uh, oh, There you go. She, she ran unluckily in that final, I think fifth or sixth. So um, she's always had a lot of ability. It's great to see a horse like that come back so well. And I agree with you there. Three votes for sure. I liked your other two as well. Belittled Power at home. That was good to see. Quarencia, uh, who won the race? Do you recall? Uh, it was well back. Matthew Gath run a That's Tiger for right. Life. Tiger for Life. Gee, it was heavily back. Was um, and I think Quarencia should have won. So there you go, Blake. I think you tipped it right, <laughs> but the horse just made a couple of errors. Actually, did it galloped once, yeah. lost some ground, and then lost momentum again when it looked to be looming up. Finished hard on their back. So it's a get on next time, Quarencia. Agree. All right, driver of the week. I don't think there could be any other this week. I don't know if we can run through all these winners. I think he had four at Warrigal earlier in the week. Chris Alford, uh, he's doing Chris Alford things again this season. And uh, oh, look, I, I might drag it up as we talk about this, but I suspect he's had upwards of, of eight or nine winners this week uh, in the last seven days because he's had an absolute screamer of a week as per usual. Yeah, absolutely he has. Um, and uh, that Warrigal meeting, he thoroughly dominated in the driving rain, that's for sure. He's uh, he's driving everywhere too, Blake. Yep. He, geez, he's covering some ground. He is. Uh, no, he's a, he's a champion. And uh, can tonight he get his 100th Group 1 success? He's a pretty good chance to do so. The market certainly thinks so. Yes, indeed. He's uh, he's going to be uh, near enough to favourite, if not equal favourite, heading into the Group 1 tonight, which we'll talk about after this break on Talking Trots. It's how we roll. RSN 927 is Talking Trots. It certainly is how we roll, and we're back on this Saturday morning heading towards what's going to be a big race day all around the country, and uh, and tonight the trots head to Tabcourt Park, Melton. We don't have our usual form analyst here, our big dog, Jason Bonington, so... Codes, I think we'll just give some general thoughts on these races at Melton tonight rather than uh, than try and tip in incredibly powerfully to any winners. But we'll start off with race one, the DNR Logistics Pace over the 22.40 metres. Generally an open uh, Metropolitan Maiden to kick off the program. That's the case here. No Apache Me was really good last time, winning for Alan McDonough. Uh, but all the class probably off the second row. Horses like My Harmony Blue, Bopper Jet uh, are certainly going to be in the race. And, uh, and DK's Dollar, an interesting runner from the front row. Yeah, uh, Bopper Jet's always been one that I've had a really good opinion of. My Harmony Blue on its uh, on her night as well, uh, super. So I'm looking forward to seeing how she goes. Back row doesn't really necessarily suit. I mean, it doesn't suit many horses, does it really? Um, the one at odds that I'd keep a close watch on is Rusty Crackers. Yeah. I'm glad to see that Brooke McPherson's brought this horse to town to see what he can do. This horse has always had ability. Uh, got back last start and ran on pretty well. That's sort of how he goes. But yeah, let's see how he measures up. 
yep. in an MO. Indeed, and Madiba, we probably shouldn't forget if the emergency comes out, he's always uh, he's always a length or two better on the pegs. Race two on the card is the Empire Stallions Vic Bread Platinum Metropolitan Pace Final at Group Three level. Uh, again, another Metropolitan Maiden, but the heats into final give us good uh, form lines here, and it's been a bit of to- toing and froing this week. Chris Alford will stick with Tear Major Shining Oro was an impressive winner of her qualifier. I can't see anything else winning, uh, but Sunbeat Shadow is going to be in the market as well. Yeah, in the markets, uh, Tam Majors a dollar sixty-five and uh, pretty short two thirty Shining Oro seven fifty Sunbeach Shadow, and it's kind of a right your own ticket. The rest job, Blake. Uh, so uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing that. It looks a cracking battle between Tam Major and Shining Oro. Yeah, it, I I mean I guess that most people will map delightful me to get across first and hand up to Tam Major, similar to their heat of this race. But Shining Oro can fire up a little bit at the start um, in terms of showing early speed, not necessarily pulling, but mm. uh, that will be an interesting battle early doors, I guess. But, um, yeah, I'd probably have them a little closer in, in betting. Your thoughts? Uh, I, I've got a pretty strong leaning towards Tam Major. Yeah. And, and, and if the map works out like you just said, well, then that that's why it's, a, I guess, a $1.65. Yeah. But... Yeah, spanner in the works. You, you'd never ride off a horse that's in winning form, drawn two uh, for Emma Stewart. Indeed, race three on the card is the Allied Express Trot. Uh, we've got uh, we've got quite a curious race here. We've got one of the uh, class runners, War Spirit. He usually builds into his preparation, and he appears to be at this point getting uh, getting towards his best. He's drawn inside the second row, uh, one of the market leaders, along with Ball Park, uh, and uh, and well defines, uh, I guess, the most curious runner. He's just getting it all wrong at the minute, but... We know if he found his best form, he'd be right in the finish. Yeah, and Fratellino is another yeah. one. Um, Gus and Mary first up too. Good to see this horse back. I always had a big opinion of that horse for Matt Craven, drawn three. So tricky race with uh, War Spirit on paper, the seemingly the clear top pick, but drawn a bit awkwardly behind Valley SJ there. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I, 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 the one I'm leaning towards at this stage is Gus and Mary, but I haven't looked at trials. So. Yeah, fair call. I think ballpark, if he can lead, uh, he might be an each-way bet after the good run during the week. Race four on the card is the IRT Australia Matriarch Trotic Group 2 level for four- and five-year-old trotting mares. And uh, any time we see a four, four-year-old or a four- and five-year-old trot, they're generally absolute belters. This is no exception. We've got a Mortar Ferrer drawn wide on the front row, Aleppo Jewel drawn the pole, uh, and uh, and plenty of speed around her, Parisian Amore. The Great Redeemer's um, certainly a quality mare and uh, on her night and pretty majestic drawn inside the second line. And I guess maybe the X-Factor horse, Hot Jane Bling, if she's at her best, she might be able to fly the arm. So um, there's a lot to happen in the first couple of hundred metres. Which way did you lean? I just think with the benefit of Barrier 1, Aleppo Jewel is probably the horse. Uh, racing so consistently, always had a big opinion of this girl. Um, so I just think Karen gets the, the advantage here. Uh, the Great Redeemer's racing so well, obviously. And Pretty Majestic's going to map nicely. Um, I don't think Pretty Majestic's come back quite the Pretty Majestic that we once knew necessarily this time in, but uh, that last start win might just build the confidence up there and, and, uh, and, and you know, with a, a nice cheap run can certainly run well. But, yeah, Aleppo Jewel for me. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I mean, uh, I know our colleague Jason Bonington has fallen into a mortar for air and I think she's all sort of... Uh all sort of superstar, but uh, the middle trip worries me for her. She's got a habit of galloping over the middle trip when she's in front, but um, Aleppo, Julie, if she can hold the front, I think she'll be winning. Race five on the card is the eight homes pace. It's the M2 to M4 over 17-20 sprint trip. Really 
Again, curious race like many of them tonight. Uh, Rishi's drawn inside the second row. He's a big bully. I'm not sure that's going to suit him too much, but he might be able to get off the pegs early and rip around them. Uh, Reciprocity's drawn wide on the front row. I don't know that she has the gate speed to get across Vinnie Chase, who Chris Alford will take the steer on, and V-Rocks, that, that, that late closer that's going to get a nice run just off speed. Interesting to note this market has been flipped on its head. If we could get... Some of the $17 about Rishi or the 34 about V-Rock, I think we'd both be pretty happy even if we're not tipping them. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. These are some wild fluctuations. V-Rock, 34 into 5, as you say, and Rishi, 17 to six fifty dollars seventy out to $3 reciprocity, Blake. Yeah. Uh, this is extraordinary stuff. Uh, $51 into 19 for the pole mark, TCB McRae, too. Once upon a time, what odds would TCB McRae have been in this race? Uh, True. For the pole? Um, yeah, tricky race. I'd need to look. Uh, closer at this one so yeah apologies to listeners here I'm not going to give a whole lot other than to say there are some horses racing in ripper form V-Rock's really yep. coming on at the moment yep. um, and, and, and he's a horse that uh, what did I just say he opened 34 <laughs> yeah I know it's a bit painful wow no I yep. wish I had seen that because he'd be right up there yep indeed and Vinny Chase obviously with Chris Alford aboard he can uh, he can run time in front race 6 on the card is the big one the tab multiplier Victoria Trotters Oaks Group 1 for the three-year-old trotting fillies over the middle trip. And again, uh, the market's going to lean towards Sleepy, I suspect, still. But uh, this is pretty open, and Jason Bonington agrees. His market on harness.org.au has I Am Pegasus, the $4.50 favourite, with Ross Payne taking the steer. Chris Alford sticks with the, the stable runner, Sleepy. But um, horses like Royal Charlotte and, uh, and George's Pride and Emerald Stride, they're all winning hopes, I think. Yeah, it's a really, really good race. I'm so excited about this one because I do think it's more open. I'm more in Bonners' camp than the tab market here at this stage, which means, uh, you know, there's potentially some value with I Am Pegasus. Uh, $5 there. Uh, Favourite currently at 310 is Sleepy. Puppet, obviously driving Sleepy, trained by Alison Alford. Um, but I Am Pegasus has just looked so, so good. Uh, X Factor are plenty about this horse, Blake. But. Sleepy gets the benefit of Barrier 3, gets the benefit of Puppet, um, looks really hard to beat. But, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if George's Pride uh, or Emerald Stride was to blow them away. Emerald Stride's had a win first up. David Miles doing a terrific job with this horse. Um, yeah, it's a tricky race, but probably happy to lean towards Sleepy at this stage. And the Kiwi Sunny's little jestic, of course, for Absolutely. Brad Mangos, who wouldn't be bringing her here for nothing. Good so, uh, curious and, uh, and intriguing Victoria Trotters Oaks tonight. Race 7 on the card goes at 8.33pm. It's the PJ's Concrete Constructions Trot over the middle trip, 22.40. And uh, again, we've got some class drawn off the second row here in Mary Law and Kai Valley Blur. Interesting to note, uh, despite... Uh, not running up to her peak into the unknown showed much better gate speed last time and she's drawn the front row so that's uh, that's worth taking note of Illawong Armstrong dropped out or got tired last time after uh, working in a pretty quick uh, lead time it was a bold display first up wasn't it it was it was and I think he'll improve off it so um, he's not the worst at double figures and uh, yeah it's, it's one of those races I think um I don't know that I can really sort them out, can you? No, uh, and for that reason I'll have something each way on Jackson Square, more the place, just because I think it'll get a nice trip buried away on the fence and we saw a couple of starts back, what can happen when when uh, when Jackson Square gets that kind of run. You've got into the unknown who's going to be right in the market here going forward. Carnera's uh, generally a go-forward horse, um, but some of these horses aren't racing necessarily that well, so if some of them do start falling in a hole at the top of the straight, 
I think Jackson Square will be the fresh horse on the scene. Yeah, interesting call. I mean, Wineborough Race has got all sorts of talent for Pete Thompson. If he gets a nice run off, off speed and Kai Valley Blair will obviously be finishing off hard, so hard to know what to make of the third leg of the quaddy. The last leg of the quaddy again looks tricky. It's the Jack Australia pace over the 2240 M1 race, Metropolitan level, and uh, the Beach Garden's drawn the pole. She obviously has good gate speed. The Charging Mole was a good winner first up before a couple of flat runs. Lucky Lombo's uh, going well in claimers, but but looks okay uh, in this race, at least suitor-wise. And I think i found one that I might want to back here. I know Idols of Magic's probably uh, on the upward spiral, but Courageous Saint, oh, geez, his last three runs, I, I suspect he can win this at each way odds. Yeah, absolutely. Um that's a good call, Blake, and I love it when you find one at nice odds. And we saw three starts back this horse win it. That was one of the wins of the night. In hindsight, crazy odds. Yes. Going around at $28, but hindsight's so easy. Ideal some magic to horse. I backed at Hamilton way back in January. Gee, he's won some races since then. I reckon this horse has got serious ability, um, and I'm actually I'm pretty confident about Ideal yep. magic. I like the horse. I think it's got great ability. I'm pretty sure this table has a pretty good opinion of it. I know Greg Sugars has a good opinion of Ideal Some Magic, and yeah, for me, it's a get on Blake. I like this horse. Yeah, very good, very good. I can uh, I can certainly concur with that. I think that they're the big two to my eye anyway. Race nine on the card is the two-year-old Trotters Tatlow, uh, the Rewards Hospitality Tatlow Stakes this year. Group two level again, middle trip for the two-year-old Trotters. So. Uh, they're getting up towards uh, or past those sprint trips. And again, Chris Alford um, had the choice of runners here. Van Sank is the one he's leaned to over Dreamy. The two stable mates, are, they're both very, very good, obviously. And, and we can't really marry up that form yet to Andover Sun and I'm Daddy Warbucks, who come through the homegrown classic series and both look very smart. So a uh, bit tricky to line them up, but uh, I guess good lead, for, lead from Chris Alford with Van Sank. Big opinion of this horse going into its debut, and sure enough, it won easily and trotted like a, a pro. So yeah, Van Sank looks really hard to beat here. It is a two-year-old trotter's race, so of course, who knows in a way, but the way he trotted first up, I really like Van Sank uh, for mine. I, I just, I, it's really um, getting into my head here a little bit. What, it sounds French. I mean, if you if you change the letters around it um, and uh, and made that sank into a, a, a C-I-N-Q-U-E and made it a five, I'm just curious to what it might mean, but uh, yeah. we might work on that. In the Even next Google's not, um, not giving me anything here, Blake. Yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 just something that we might need to take under notice and come back with next week or later in the program, but uh, it's certainly of curiosity to me. Race 10 on the card is the APG Melbourne Autumn Sale Group 2. This is a great um, advertisement for APG. You can go to these sales in the autumn and, and uh, certainly not the most ex- expensive stock and get into a $50,000 race over the sprint trip, and uh, that's the case for the eight of these. Marika Springfield won the heat of this race. Um, I guess the Malfi Coast is the unknown factor galloping there, and Rosarito misses on the sharp improve. Yeah, and it's, how good would it be? Buy a horse uh, at the sale, fairly cheap stock some of these, and you're racing for 50 grand, just to reiterate exactly what you just said, Blake, but I think it's fantastic. Barza Dunn's got a couple in there as well. Barry Dunn with Glenaveril Girl and Nine Diamonds. Uh, having not sort of done the full form here at this stage, uh, it, it looks a real guessing race, but I'm looking forward to delving into this one a bit. There might be some value. Yep, there might be. Uh, there might be. Obviously, uh, She's All Style was, a, I think, a good improvement on her trials into her first race start.
Uh, Glen Avril girls one that yep. I'd be very interested to um, study a bit closer um, for Jackie Barker and Barry Dunn. Yep, good call. Race 11, the last on the card. Uh, we've made good uh, good work of this, Codes. Trying to portray looks to be uh, the likely favourite. Heaven Show girl drawn out the back is the, the key danger in early markets, but um, Illawong Kismet has ability, so uh, Horatio, similarly, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting race, as I've said for most of them tonight. Yeah, trying to portray thoroughly deserves to be the favourite. Um, but I've got such an opinion and have had for a while of Horatio. Uh, just draws a bit awkwardly here, but tends to get back anyway and run on. So, um, yeah, I'd be looking for Horatio to fill a, fill a place, and maybe there's an exotic bet there with, uh, you know, roving trying to portray to win and Horatio to run second or third. All right, Codes, well, uh, I think we're getting towards the back end of this program here. We've, uh, we've certainly filled out some time there. We might just quickly touch on the jewels uh, today. We've got six uh, Australian competitors going around, or pseudo-Australians, Mark Jones trains one of those, Lulu Lemans. Uh, interested to know your general thoughts on the jewels and what you're expecting from Addington today. Yeah, well, very wet, that's for sure, for starters. It's going to be freezing cold, but it's going to be great racing. Uh, having not had a chance yet to, and I've got to study up quickly after the show, uh, in terms of tipping winners, not sure, but, gee, I hope the Australians uh, perform well, under trying circumstances, because during the week, of course, uh, we saw the... Was it all the Australian horses or just the Galeno runners that were caught All the up, Australians, All the Australians yeah. caught up at the airport uh, and, and, and couldn't get through that fog. Yeah, indeed. For what it's worth, I think Sweet On Me is a bit of a rock star. She'll win race three on the card uh, at 11.30 this morning. But uh, outside of that, I think we'll just watch and enjoy. And Jason Bonington, of course, uh, is over there, and he'll be uh, filtering through his thoughts. So keep an eye on the uh, social media channels for that uh, on Bonners's Twitter and also the HRV uh, channels, the Trots channels, because um, looking forward to seeing what his game plan might look like. Yeah, indeed. It's, uh, it's one of the great meetings, of course, in Australasia each year. The jewels, all right. I think we've done enough here, Codes. It's time to head off and, uh, and have a break and, uh, and enjoy the racing tonight. So thanks for joining us. Cheers.